talk with your judgment, which is at Bethel Christian Center, it's called the Barnabas Ministry. We have been involved in this ministry since 1997. It's been 1991, I'm sorry. It has been a very successful part of the church, and we've had some wonderful people that have worked tirelessly. Brother Johnny, been in it for a long time. Miss Peggy, we've been hanging in there, haven't we? Um, so the Barnabas Ministry is um, is being launched with a little bit different focus, and I want to share with you what that is and how it works and how you can be involved and why. So um, I'm going to be sharing with you tonight on the Ministry of Encouragement. I want to read to you from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 to open. It says, Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So why would you encourage? Why would you be involved in the ministry of encouragement? Why would you participate? Uh, Because encouragement really truly is kind of like the oxygen of the church. If The church doesn't have the ministry of encouragement. It doesn't have that spirit of encouragement. It loses its oxygen. And that keeps, the oxygen keeps our heart beating, our minds clear, and our hands inspired to serve. And I was thought about Brother Wallace. Y'all know that Brother Wallace Sharborough has had pneumonia. Uh, Now Miss Jewell has pneumonia. And um, Brother Wallace went back to the doctor this week. And it, um, his oxygen level was very low. They were trying to, it's down to 94. I don't know how bad that is, but I guess some of these nurses may know how bad that is. But anyway, Jewel said, Carol, he just goes to bed. He gets up to go to the bathroom. He'll go back to bed. He'll get up and go eat a little bite, won't eat much, can't, does, has no appetite, and he goes back to bed. And that's the way that that's how weak the church would be without the minister of encouragement because encouragement is like the oxygen that keeps our minds fresh, keeps our hands busy, <laughs> keeps our minds clear and our hearts beating. And that's what we want. We want Bethel to be thriving and energetic and you know things to be happening. So <clears throat> there's some specific commands that God gives explicitly about how, what we should be doing to encourage, and I'm going to share those with you tonight. The next thing I want to talk about is why do we encourage? Why do we need to encourage? And I want to go back to that Hebrews verse that I read to you. It says, encourage one another daily, that's every day, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So you can see the connection with a healthy church if the encouragement is taking place. If you're being encur- if you're being an encourager, the church is healthy and it's moving forward and it has um, great life. Otherwise, people are going to be led astray by the deceitfulness of sin. And why, why would that be so easy? Let's think about it just for a minute. 
The scripture in John 16:33 it says, "In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world." So if is anyone here in this room tonight that has never had trouble? I'd like for you to raise your hand. Well, we've all had trouble, haven't we? Some of us more severe trouble than others, but everybody has trouble. Miss Josie's home tonight from a biopsy. She's in a lot of pain, a lot of pain. Miss Josie's in trouble. She needs our encouragement. And what if Miss Josie just laid there day in and day out in that bed? Nobody ever encouraged her. Nobody ever said, we're praying for you. Nothing ever happened. What do you think might happen to Miss Josie? She would just kind of drift away out into the world the deceitfulness of sin come in and take over and that's what happens to you and many people don't want to be transparent they don't want to say I'm having trouble I need your help can you help me but you know what it's healthy to be transparent it's healthy to say yeah I'm troubled I'm discouraged I need your help it's okay to say that and just because you need help doesn't mean you sin but if you don't get the help you need when you're in the trouble according to this verse it can lead to the deceitfulness of sin so it's very critical in the ministry that we have this first of all sin steals our joy so if we are being drawn away by the deceitfulness of sin out of discouragement um you know, many things can happen to us. We can get sick in our bodies. We can have plans that falter. You know, Brother Denny, you didn't plan on being where you are today, did you? What if you had not had the ministry of encouragement and a community around you to lift your hands up during that time where your plans have failed? You know, you think, well, I got it all together. I'm going this way and I'm doing this and but one day, all that might not be there. And people need encouragement. They, we need each other. We need encouragement. So sin, if you go into the deceitfulness of sin, it steals your joy. You get discouraged. Stay discouraged. Nobody encourages you. What happens? You lose your joy. Start being sad. Depressed. Nobody needs sad and depressed. But in a great community like our church like Bethel you can be encouraged you can be happy you can have joy no matter what you're going through because somebody's encouraging you know that God's on the throne he's in control and he will help you if you will let him but we need one another to establish that uh, joy sometimes our bodies break down Miss Judy your back hurts bad, don't it? What if, you, what if nobody said, I care, and there was nobody around you to say, I'm praying for you? Because you know what? When you get older, your body starts breaking down, don't it, Miss Peggy? <laughs> Miss Peggy has been through so much. But I heard the other day that when she had her surgery, the waiting room was full. She had people all around her praying for her, ministering to her. Right, Brother Johnny? It was there. That ministry of encouragement was there. And do you know that uh, Linda and Harry drove all the way to Brawley, sat all day with Johnny and Peggy during that time? Is that not wonderful? That's what the ministry of encouragement is all about. What if you didn't have that when your body's breaking down? What if you had nobody? 
You know, when I got aches and pains, Paul Don has to hear about them. And when he has his aches and pains, I have to hear about them. I see somebody laughing back there. You know, that's what we do as husband and wives. We hold each other up and encourage each other. And like I said, our plans sometimes falter. You may think you've got the biggest plans in the world, but you know what? In a moment of time, they can be pulled out from under You know, Neil, I'm sure, did not plan to be where he is today. But he is. What if he hadn't had this church to surround him during this time, pray for him, and watch the miracle happening? What would it be like? Our perspective dims. When we are not encouraged, we start losing perspective. on Just life in general, I think. You, you, you just start losing your footing. Has anyone here ever just kind of lost your footing and realized that you had isolated yourself? <laughs> didn't tell anybody about the trouble you were in? Didn't. That's why we need the ministry of encouragement at work in the church. You know, Paul was constantly, in the scripture, in his writings, constantly encouraging And one of the things I want to say right here is this. The ministry of encouragement is not compliment. If you just walk around and compliment people, that's not really the ministry of encouragement that I see scripturally what it should be. To just offer a compliment to someone is not the ministry of encouragement is the way I see it. So I want to just kind of throw a few lines out to you that Paul used when he was writing to the churches and how he encouraged. Um, In 1 Peter 4.12, he said, I have a faithful brother here. (laughs) Encourage him. Now, what I see in the world today, and I see it particularly in raising children, I watch families that compliment their children no matter what, you know. Don't say anything that's not complimentary. Have y'all picked up on that (laughs) quite a bit? Well, you know, that's just not working. I can tell you it's not working because the goals are not there. The children are not striving to achieve because everything they do is just wonderful and great and, you know, like that. But if Satan is drawing someone away by the deceitfulness of sin and you just pat them on the back and make them feel good about it, that's not going to work. But like Paul, he found a faithful brother that he could encourage. And he said, I found a faithful brother, and I'm going to encourage him. In John 15, 20, the scripture says, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So there are going to come times in your walk with the Lord where you're going to be persecuted. It's not going to be all a walk in the park. You're going to have those times. And if you're in that state, you need to be in a body of believers that will encourage you. In 2 Timothy 3.12, Paul said, If you live godly, a godly life, if you live godly in Christ Jesus, you will be persecuted. So when these trials come, when these things that we have to face surround us and we're being persecuted and tried, we need an encourager. We need an encourager. People want to feel loved, don't they? They want to be feel very loved. And I think that the ministry 
of encouragement is a way for us to make people feel accepted and loved, and there's things that we can do to make that happen. Um, I think we need to be ready as ministers of encouragement to understand the world that we're in. The world that we're in is changing very fastly uh, and is very hostile to the gospel. It's hostile to prayer. Uh, Juanita Watford uh, the other day shared with me that her co- her coworker offered to pray for a co- another coworker who was sick, and the coworker was a Muslim. And she said, "No, I don't want you to pray for me." Well, that upset Juanita's coworker. So Juanita was trying to minister to her and encourage her and help her to understand. You know that it was okay if the lady didn't want her to pray for. Well, when Juanita sh- shared that with me, I shared with her what happened to me. I was in the bank one day on the teller line, and I had a severe headache, and it was so severe that you could see it on my face. Have you ever had one of those? <laughs> you could see it all over me. I mean, my head was hurting, and uh, a Muslim walked up to my window, and he noticed that I was in pain. And he said he reached his hand over and he said, "Well, I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you." I felt so awkward, and I shared that with Juanita, and Juanita said, "Well, you know what? I never thought about that on the reverse side of that, but can you see how that now Juanita can go back and encourage that girl that that's just someone with another religion. She was not rejecting you. You know, that's the way that we want you to be able to help people." when they're having these kind of problems. You know what? It is a changing world, but it's a never-changing gospel, isn't it? The gospel is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we do it godly encouragement, we can rest assured that it is the right thing to do. You know, how did the early church encourage? Let's think about that for just a minute. They gathered together... It says they broke bread together. So they had fellowship. They broke bread together. And they shared the scripture. They shared those stories from the Old Testament. They shared the stories about Jesus. They talked about that. When you get together, what do you talk about? When you, If you're going to encourage someone, you don't want to get together and be complaining. That's not the ministry of encouragement, is it? So when you get together... Share the scriptures. Share what Jesus has done for you. Encourage one another. Extend some grace to someone. So I really want to encourage our church as a whole. This is, I want to speak to all of you because I want all of us to participate in the ministry of encouragement. I have a few ideas. I have six ideas that I have written down of ways to be the kind of encourager that I'm talking about. You know, I mentioned a while ago that just complimenting someone is not the ministry of encouragement. It's not wrong to compliment someone. I hope you're not misunderstanding me there. But that is not necessarily the ministry of encouragement. And this is the way I see it. You know, if you know someone is in a... I'll take Brother Denny. This is an example of what I would say is the ministry of encouragement. When I heard Brother Denny's news that his plans had faltered in his life, I went before the Lord and started praying. That's the first thing I did. 
And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and guess what he said? He said, he's my faithful servant. He has served me all these years, and I will take care of him. I went to Brother Denny so fast, and I told him just that, didn't I, Brother Denny? I said, look, you've been a faithful servant of the Most High God, and he is going to take care of you. Now, that's a different kind of thing than just walking up to someone and giving a compliment. Do you understand what I'm saying? So pray and, and hear from God and offer things that is, you know, from the Word and things that can really truly have some meat in them because when you offer them meat from the Word, you're offering them life. You're not just offering them a compliment. You're offering them life. And that's what we need, life, energy, going forth, loving one another. So... I want to give you some ideas about how you can be one of these encouragers that I'm talking about. How many of you want to be one of these encouragers? All right, every one of us. Every single one of us want to be one, and that's what I want. I want every single person in this room tonight to leave here and make a commitment in your mind that you're going to be an encourager. So one of the first things that I have written down is ask God to make you an encourager. If you're just natured with a... I don't know what kind of spirit some people have. It seems like it's just all negative. You know, complain and everything's all negative. It's hard to be an encourager when everything you see is bad and negative. I mean, you know, you can't be much of an encourager like that. So if you want to be an encourager, you've got to ask God to help you to be an encourager. Pray about it. The second thing is study Barnabas. Barnabas, the reason we call the Ministry of Encouragement at Bethel Barnabas is because Barnabas had this ministry of encouragement. That's why we call it that. And if you want to read about that, it's in Acts chapter 4. Go home and read that. Ask God to give you the same kind of heart that Barnabas had. Ask, ask God for it. Number three, make it a daily discipline. Because I opened the scripture tonight, the verse that I read from Hebrews said, Encourage one another how often? Daily. Daily. So make this a daily discipline. Don't, let, don't lay your head on your pillow at night if you have not thought of someone that you text or, or um, what are some of the other things that you do? Emails or you uh, phone call. You did something for somebody every single day. Do it daily. Don't just do it on Sunday when you arrive at church and, oh, yeah, I need to encourage sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. Do it daily. Don't lay your head on the pillow at night if you have not encouraged someone today. Make it a daily discipline. And you know what? That's natural, just as natural as eating and breathing for some. And it's not so natural for others. So it may be more of a discipline for some people than it would be for others. But make it a daily discipline. Number four, ask God to show you who to encourage. You know, some people will walk in this church and they will never tell you that there's some kind of trouble in their life. They're just not going to share. That's the way they are. But you know what? The Holy Spirit can drop something in your spirit and you can walk up and say it to that person and just change the whole environment of their life by the words that you speak. If you'll pray and ask God to give you the words to encourage. Because you know what? When somebody's down and their eyes are sad or Just ask God, how can I help this person? And he'll speak to you. And you know what? I found out that the more you speak what God speaks to you, the more he'll speak to you because you can hear his voice. 
and it's clear, and you know he's speaking to you, then you can speak his words and make it clear. Number five, regularly encourage your pastor when God uses him to speak to you. And I mentioned this to Pastor Don today, and he said, I have an example of that. And I said, what is it? Because I want examples. I want you to understand, you know, me here. And he said, Brother Denny Stanley, he said, for years, and he, I, I think he said, told me how many, I don't remember, but he said, for years, when I finish in that pulpit, Brother Denny will come and say, Pastor Don, thank you for allowing God to use you in the way he did today. Brother Don remembers Brother Denny saying that. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing God to use you. Thank you, Pastor. Always try to, if God uses the pastor or someone to encourage you, let them know that that encourages And you know what that'll do? That'll help us to do it more. You know what? Pastor Don always wants to be ready for God to use him because he knows Brother Denny likes that. So it'll just encourage all of us to be encouragers. Number six, pray to God to help you fan the flame at Bethel. Will you join me in prayer that God will fan the flame at Bethel and that we will all be participating in the ministry of uh, encouragement? And we meet on Wednesday night. We're going to meet at quarter till seven every Wednesday night and have some strategy for the week. That's how we're going to do it. Um, we'll meet for 15 minutes and then we'll be free to come into the Bible study time. So at quarter to seven on Wednesday night, we're going to meet with some strategy. I'll have the sick people on a list. I'll have people that I know needs encouragement. We're making contacts with the pastoral care group. They are uh, feeding back to us. You know, sister so-and-so is having trouble. She's, you know, whatever's going on in her life, and she needs some additional help. I've visited, her, you know, the pastoral pastoral care person will say, I've made several phone calls and visits and I just don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. So they're going to let us know and then we'll just launch maybe someone else that has maybe been in the same situation that they're in that can go and offer a word of encouragement. So that's how we're going to strategy, set the strategy for the working of the Barnabas ministry. So anytime you want to drop by, we're going to meet in room 11. Just drop by and say, you know what? I've been down all week. I've been all mully grubbing. I've been complaining, been doing all this. So I'm going to go to the Barnabas room, and I'm going to find me somebody to go encourage. Why? Because when you encourage somebody, what happens to you? You get encouraged. Brother Johnny said to me, he said, Miss Carol, most of the time when I go out on Wednesday night, they encourage me more than I encourage them. So if you're having trouble being encouraged and being happy and and feeling that, you know, sense of uh, ministry of encouragement, just drop by. We'll give you something to do. We'll tell you who to call or whatever. So that's kind of how it's going to work. So I want us to get started tonight. Can we do that? I want to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And we'll read verses 20 and 21. <clears throat> I don't want to hear anybody in here say, I just can't do the ministry of encouragement. Yes, you can. Why can you do it? Because greater, in, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Amen. 
So let's read this verse. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Can you imagine just being that person that encourages somebody and gets them over the hump or brings them out of the depression or helps them make tough decisions? Can you imagine being part of that? According to how good we are at it? That's not what it says, is it? It says according to his power that is at work within us. So if the power of the Holy Spirit is at work within us, then we can be the tools ministry of ministry of encouragement. There's something that I have come to realize recently, and is this. You cannot give what you do not have. You cannot give what you do not have. So if you are discouraged, despondent, you need to change it. How are you going to change it? Start finding somebody else to pour something into. And when you do, you'll start coming right out. Start coming right out because you cannot give what you do not have. There's a little story that I thought went along with this. You remember Peter and John went up at the hour of prayer at the temple? And they were going to pray. They were going to do something religious, right? They were going to pray at the temple. Well, this... Um, lame man was sitting by the gate and he interrupted them trying to get them to give him money. And uh, Peter and John looked at him and said, silver and gold, have I none? But such as I have, give I to thee. So you can't give what you don't have. You need to be full of the spirit. You need to be prayed up. You need to be encouraged if you're going to do the work of the ministry. And that's exactly what happened that day. You know what happened to that guy? They gave him, he, they reached out their hand and just yanked him up. He'd been lame for how long? 30 years, long time. Been lame for a long time. They reached their hand down and just stood him right up. And then he went leaping and jumping and praising God all through the temple. Just some excitement happened. And that's what can happen to us. We, I mean, when we start doing the work of the ministry, things start happening. And you know what happened to those people in the temple? It says they were all amazed at what God had done. And that's what I want to happen here. I want people to come in here and be absolutely amazed at how God is using you. Amen? He can use you to encourage. He can use you powerfully. Just like he used Peter and John. And things really happen. The ministry of encouragement is kind of like a watering hole. Or kind of like watering a plant. You know, it's it brings life to the plant. If you don't water your plant, what happens to it? It droops all. <laughs> it all gets droopy and withered and finally dies, does it not? Just like that verse said, encourage one another daily. So that you won't be destroyed by the deceitfulness of sin. If you think that you can just stay in that limbo, limp, you know, no water kind of life, it's not going to happen. You'll eventually be deceived by Satan. So it's, the ministry of encouragement is just something that can keep the church alive. And that's what I want us to have. The next thing I'm going to talk about is the mandate for the ministry. Um, there's a scriptural mandate 
for the minister for the Barnabas ministry, and I want to share that with you because I want to encourage you to be part of it. James one twenty seven says to look after the orphans and widows in their distress. Matthew ten forty two says if you give a cup of water, you won't lose your reward. If you just give a cup of water, you won't lose your reward. And then I'm going to read from the scripture, Matthew 25, beginning with verse 31. This is one of the most difficult um, parts of the scripture to me um, because it is so strong. But I'm going to read it. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by the Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me. You are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they'll answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for the one of the least of these you did not do for me, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Wow. What a mandate. That's why we do. That's the mandate. Why we do the ministry of encouragement or the Barnabas ministry.